Oh, it was Tim Kilstrom. I talked to Joe too, but uh, Tim Kilstrom was saying that uh, it's kind of a kind of a strange thing that at the beginning of the year he gets kind of the the flow for the entire year, and uh, he says, "I know you you've probably got everything marked out for you for the year," and I said, "Right, <laughs> no, not even." But he was, he was talking about that, and, and uh, I was telling him, I said, you know, at the beginning of the year, I uh, did something I, I don't think I've done in the entire time we've been here. I think I preached on, on marriage one time, but it was way long, long time ago. And so I, I, I was telling the people that uh, I'm going to start a series on uh, marriage, how to, it, how to strengthen and enrich your marriage in 2024. And uh, I was telling him, I said, you know, it was, it was funny, the mouths that just dropped open. <laughs> Pastor, you're doing that? Uh, I hope you've gotten something out of it. I've, I've gotten, gotten some things. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter what people are going through. Sometimes they begin to contemplate divorce. And uh, they don't realize how valuable marriage is. You know, you, no matter how much hell you're going through right at the moment, it's only a temporary thing and... Uh, I like what uh, Richard Roberts says one time. He says, if you're going through hell, don't stop, keep going. <laughs> Just pass right on through, you know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, the devil will lie to you and, and think you'll be better off if you get rid of that spouse. No, you won't. You'll, you'll wake up one day and realize the lie that you, lit, you, you accepted and what you lost. So, anyway. So today we're going to be looking at constantly increasing. Constantly increasing. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. This is the ESV version. Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. How would you like to have a name like that? Have that hanging around your neck all your life? Because I bore him in pain. You know, back then, names meant something. Jabez called upon the, on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that, that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so that it might, it might not bring, uh, bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. He turned out to be a, a, uh, a great leader of the, of the nation of Israel for a while. Notice here, it doesn't say Jabez was more dishonorable than his brothers. 
It says he was more honorable. Is that me or you? He was more honorable. There was an honor about him. And that's something you want to hear, hear people say about you. Now, why, why was it that he was more honorable? Because he drew honor from God. Now think about what it's saying, what he's saying. He drew honor from God. He prayed, increase me, bless me. Husbands, as the head of your house, you must be continuously increasing. Now, I tell you, I tell you something that I have been hearing and seeing uh, in the last six months or so. You know, you've you've got people like Jim Jones. You remember who he was? You've got people like that that are false. They're, they are not what you're supposed to be following. But when, when the Lord puts, puts a man of God in the pulpit over a church, the people that will hook up with him and listen to him The Lord will bless them. You say, well, you're on an ego trip. That's what you're doing. No, it's just, it's scriptural. And I can take you to families in this church that have prospered. They're increasing. They don't take what I say frivolously. They take it seriously. I'm, I'm saying this to you men right now that as, as the head of your house, you need to be continuously increasing. Continuously. And what I'm saying to you is you have the ability to do that. When Lydia and I started out, we lived in this little... I wanna, I'm going to take a, take a... Go down there to... Fort Worth one time, one of these days, and, and take pictures so you know what, how, what it looked like, what that little dump that we started in. I, that, that's true, too. When we started out, we lived in this little tiny cinder block, two-room, well, it was two bedrooms, if you can call it that, and... Uh, a kitchen, and then there was a little place for a couch in the living room. Oh, man. Across the street from the college, all we had to do is walk out the, out the door and across the street, and you're there, which was good. You know, no matter if you got up late and you're, you're trying to fix your hair, you know, you could just run over to the class, and you're there. Uh, and I was, I was making minimum wage working for the school, in the maintenance department. You know, that's, that's fine for a starter job. But uh, everybody needs, need, needs a beginning point. I was hearing this the other day, they were talking about, uh, I think it's out in California, they're, 
they're yelling for $50 minimum wage. 50 bucks. And uh, the, the guy that was talking, he says, you know, anyway, I won't go, go there. Anyway. But everybody, you know, they, they have a, a starting place where you, you know. And uh, that would be, if I were still in that situation after years, I guarantee you that, that our marriage would be strained. Very strained. Why? Because when God created people, He blessed them and commanded them. It wasn't a suggestion, you know, if you got time, guys, do this. No, he commanded them to increase. Two people, a whole planet just made for them, and he's saying increase. He wanted the garden to increase. He wanted it to take, begin taking more room, more space. You've got the whole planet to yourself. Take, take all you want. Start having children. Send them out to do the same thing. We want to dominate this planet for God. Now, let me cut me some slack here, okay? Remember that a wife has a hard time rising higher than her husband. You know, I, I certainly I can't say that as a blanket statement every time. But that's, you do see that. If, if you as a husband, men, get a job and stay working at that same job for 20 years and you don't make, make any plans to increase and set aside some funds and get a God-given idea. You know, that's, that's something that a lot of people are not taking advantage of. God will give you money-making ideas if you'll take them serious. But you need to set aside funds and get a God-given idea uh, Growing, grow that thing. And if you don't do that, then there's going to be there's going to be trouble in the marriage. I took my wife's hand when we first, you know, we we pulled up in front of this little yellow house, and we knew that was where we were going to, going to be living for a while. And I told Lydia, I said, "We're moving up." I didn't see myself living in that dump my whole time in college. How long did we stay there? A year? A year, and then we, we got a, a nice apartment. Then we had to start buying furniture. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it's in everybody's spirit, believe it or not, to be fruitful and to multiply. Uh, Men, this, this isn't just advice. It's a challenge. I heard about the man that, that uh, the Lord gave him the idea 
of a digital camera. And he didn't take it serious. And the idea came back to him again. And he said, eh, nobody will buy that. The idea came back two or three times, and he didn't do anything with it. Somebody else picked up the idea, and they're swimming in money. Because of that, you can't, I don't know that you can buy a 35 millimeter film anymore. Online, you can. But then you got to find somebody to develop it. <laughs> anyway, if, if, if you have been with us for any length of time, you know, as a church, <clears throat> you know that uh, we didn't start with everything that you see here now. We didn't. When we first got here, we had 14 plastic blue chairs. If you go over to the other building in the storage room, we still have some of those. And some of those chairs, I, I was wondering, you know, if I sat down, is that, that going to hold me up? I mean, it was flimsy. But anyway, we had 14 chairs. We had an overhead projector. That was old when we got it. We had an adjustable music stand that's over there in that corner still. And it's one of these that, you know, I, I would put my Bible down on it, and it started, started going down, and I'd have to step on it and pull it up, you know, all the way through the message. You know, it's fine for Lydia. I mean, it's down there where she's at. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we started out in, uh, you know where the Chinese restaurant is down on, what's the name of that place? Lotus Garden. Next door to that, we had a storefront. Yeah. And so that's where we started. We outgrew that, and then we had, had a, had a uh, storefront on, 718 second, I think it was 18. Is it 18? 718 second. And pretty soon we outgrew that. We, we rented another storage place right uh, next to us. Anyway, for the sake of time, we outgrew that. And then there's, uh, we, we finally moved out onto the bypass. We knocked out the walls, knocked out everything we could knock out. And then we... We, um, we had to do something. We were, we were running out of place, space. Somebody, somebody contacted me, and they said, someone was wanting to sell 10 acres of ground. Would you be interested? He was, going, he was about to file for bankruptcy, and he was trying to liquidate as much as he could. So this 10 acres from that fence over there to anyway we have two two ten acre lots now I think it's at the end of the asphalt and then it starts from there all the way over to the road and uh, we we said yeah we'll want it we want it we, we're gonna buy it so we bought that 
And the point that I'm, I'm getting at is this. Uh, I remember Mark Brzee came one time. We were walking out under the, the canopy here, and he was looking over at the other building. And he was, I had already been thinking about this. The thought had been coming. And he said, you know, I think you need to buy that land over there. I think you need to buy that land over there. And I thought, That's, that, uh, it confirmed what I had been getting. So we started calling it in. Now we own both of them. Anyway, we, we bound up, wound up buying this land and uh, paid $50,000 for 10 acres. I hope that was a good, good price, but it seemed like it was. The point I'm trying to make is this. Uh, we were growing spiritually all that time, uh, all the way from, from down on 2nd Street. We were, we were increasing and growing spiritually as well as numerically. And uh, during that time, we were, we were learning. We were learning and we were growing. Uh, you know, a lot of people that I, I talked to on the phone, that we, I talked to them about a job, and they want to start up at the top. Skip all this bottom rung stuff. We want to go straight to the top. I thought, you know, I would have liked to have done that too, but it just didn't work. You, if, if I started there, I wouldn't be prepared for there. So, Um, you know, if you as a husband, men, uh, will, will begin increasing, set your, set your eyes on increasing, uh, it, you know, it's, it's it already in there. But you have to set your heart to do it. You know, your, 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 your spouse should not have to push you. If anything, you should be dragging her. Drive ahead like Jabez. Say, Father, bless me, increase me, enlarge me. And your wife will find joy in being married to you because you're taking the ground that God commanded you to take. You know, this is not just for rich sinners. Huh? God wants to back you. Be your financier. Here's, here's one that um, I trust you take it. You grab it and say, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm going to change. I am going to make this change in my life with your help. Never complain about how hard you work. There are prisoners 
that are out busting rocks in other countries, they're working hard and achieving nothing. Hard work is not an achievement. Achievement is measured by your productivity. Hello? Never complain. Just think, well, what if you didn't have uh, the strength? Or arthritis was eating you up and you couldn't swing. Swing that hammer. Don't be complaining. That's, that's not of God. If you go back and you read through uh, the first five books, the, the Pentateuch, and write down every time the people griped, they complained, they murmured. Go down and, and write those things down. See how many times. And what did it get them? It got a lot of them killed. You know, one, one, one time they were griping about Moses and uh, a, a plague came through, snakes biting everybody, and they're dying. Okay, remember that? All right, here that is. A couple of days later, it seemed like, they rise up and they're griping about Moses again. I thought, how dumb. Can, can you, do you not remember what just happened a couple of days ago? Well, this time, the, some of these leaders rose up against Moses and they're griping about him. And, you know, this time I think Moses is getting a little ticked. And uh, he, he said, okay, this is not going to be a natural thing that's going to happen. The earth is going to open up and swallow you. Do you remember that, reading about that? The earth opens up and swallows these people. Squish. I thought, if you gripe now, you're an idiot. <laughs> so, um, Show your wife and your children that you're blazing a trail forward and God will bless you and he'll be behind you and you'll have, have joy in your house instead of strife. You know, if you, if you have uh, less money, have you ever noticed it kind of sets a tension in the house because you're not able to get the things that you need or want? Men, if you're out, you know, it takes getting before God for one thing, to get His direction. But once you get that going, you, you'll find that, that, that there'll be joy in the house and let, instead of strife. Uh, Bob Yandian told us this one time. Uh, he was teaching people in the church how to prosper, 
And there was a man that owned uh, a business out at, the, out at one of the small airports. And uh, he came to the pastor and said, do you mean God wants me, uh, wants my business to prosper? He says, yeah, he does. So the man grabbed it and took it. And his, his business started really increasing, selling planes, uh, you know, Piper Club, Cubs, uh, what, do you, what are the, some of the other ones? Cessnas, you know, small planes like that. Uh, the, some of those small planes can go up to, to larger uh, corporate sizes. So anyway, he was, he was really increasing. And pastor said he started noticing the man wasn't there on Sunday. He, he got his priorities out of line. He started chasing the dollar more than God. And uh, it didn't turn out well. The one that was prospering him, he turned his back on and he started chasing the dollar. And he was... He was going out to the airport on Sundays to make sales. You know, if God brought you this far, stay with Him, and He'll keep it growing. If they want, to, want your plane, they'll be back Monday morning. But he, he didn't do that. So that's one of the things I'm saying. Keep your priorities right. Make, make your moves to be continuously increasing. Let's, let's close with this this morning. Uh, now we're going to jump over to, to another thought here. Don't be silent, men. Men? Hello? Don't. I don't want to hear any of the women's voices. I'm talking to the men. Don't be silent. There, there seems to be an unwritten law that goes back generations and generations stating that men don't need to talk. Uh, a, a, a belief that there's no need to have conversation with your wife and your children. Hey, I tell you, I, I remember in that little yellow dump house that we lived in, uh, Lydia was all the time talk, bugging me about, talk to me. And I just wasn't a talker. My dad wasn't a talker. My mother was a yeller, but my dad was quiet. But she kept bugging me about it, and I thought, So now I talk a little more. <laughs> you know, when you're a cop, when, when you're uh, uh, in law enforcement, you don't have to talk unless, you know, something you have to, you know. Some guy's running, halt! You know, and the guy keeps, you know, you got you to gotta stop him, but you don't have to be talking all the time. Okay. 
you know, there's, there's this, this idea that uh, you've worked hard all day. You're entitled to go home, to sit down and watch the TV until it's time to go to bed. Give me a, I'll give you an example. I was, when I was in, uh, in, in the military, um, I, I, told, I, I was praying about it, and I told the Lord, I said, when I went in, I said, anything but a cop or a cook. I don't want either of those. <laughs> you know, and I wound up a, a cop. It was during the Vietnam War, and they could not get enough law enforcement. And so uh, I, they, they weren't supposed to put me in there because I'm colorblind. You're supposed to be able to be able to distinguish colors. And, uh, but, you know, they, they figure if you've got a trigger finger, then you're, you're, you're in line. And uh, I remember when, it, when I first started, uh, they, were, they were teaching us how to challenge somebody that was coming towards your post in the dark. And so this, this black man that I was working with, he comes walking up the hill, and we had four KC-135 tankers. They were in, in two here and two here, and there was a red line about that wide painted around both of them, and you did this. You had each, each guy had two planes, and you walked around them as, as security. And so this guy comes walking up. He's, he's black. It's dark. And, you, you know, you, you couldn't see him very well. So you could, you could kind of make out a shadow form. And I said, halt. Who goes there? <laughs> and he got on my case. He says, Ames, you're going to have to get a lot louder than that. And so that was the beginning of coming out of my shell. And uh, anyway, so uh, this, this, this guy that when I was in Thailand, this guy that uh, he was one of my roommates in the little cubicle that I had. And uh, there, there, were, there were a few times that nobody was in, in the cube with us. And uh, we got to talking. And uh, invariably, it, it turned out to be a talk about family. And he would get to talking about his father. And the bitterness that came out towards, towards that father was terrible. It was really bad. His father was a military career man that had no affection towards his children, no encouragement towards this, the, to the children, you know, and all the other things that go along with that. And uh, this guy, he, he would put up a real good front, but uh, it would invariably something would come out about, about the father. And it was really bad. Men, don't be silent. If, if, it's, uh, if it's already too late for that and your children are grown and gone, what about the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren? 
you have the opportunity to be an influence in them. There's still time to have an impact. I know uh, preachers that are older than me that tell me that their dad never, never said I love you, never encouraged them verbally, and, they, and lots of these men, uh, their fathers were preachers. Yeah. Their fathers were preachers. Don't be silent. I believe I can, I can say the same thing to, to the ladies. Don't be silent. And men, don't say, well, they're always talking. They're never silent. There's, but what's coming out of them? You know, when it comes to uh, expressing love and encouragement to your spouse, to your children, speak up. woman that uh, was married and the, there were different things that happened and they, they wound up getting a divorce and she got remarried and the guy that she got remarried to uh, she just blossomed just I thought my goodness she was always like that I mean she just blossomed and developed and he wasn't, he wasn't sitting on her with his thumb pressing her down. Anyway, moving right along. Um, you know, what they say women are all the time talking. Well, what are they saying? There are, there are things, let me say this, there are things that your children need to hear. You know, if they don't hear it at home, they're going to turn and go somewhere else and, and people will tell them what they need, have needed to hear from you. There are things that men, men need to hear from their wife. Hello? Well, you don't know what a turkey he is. He doesn't need to hear that. Well, then you want to be, stay married to that turkey? Or do you want to help him develop and, and blossom? You can change him. And I'm not saying going and slapping him and jerking him around. That's not changing. That's provoking. But you can change him with your love. And I'm not talking about in bed. I'm talking about the things you say to him. Tell, tell your wife, husbands, men, tell your wife I love you. Prentice, you're not married. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> tell, tell, tell your children. Tell your children, good job. Great. You did good. Encourage them. 
um, I, I, I would get in bed with Jonathan when he was little. And, uh, you know, it was about time, time to go to bed, and I'd get in bed with him, and we would talk and this and that. And I'd, I'd say, Jonathan, I'm so proud of you. And, you know, I'm, I'm, this is my son. I've, got, I've only got a short period of time to do some of these things. And I told him, Jonathan, I love you. I'm so proud of you. And he would invariably, he would always ask, why? Why are you, why are you proud of me? And I tell him, I, 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 you know, when, when he said that, the thought hit me, you better make this right. Do it right. I would say, because you're my son. And he would ask, well, what did I do? You know, he, wanted to, he wanted to be justified. And I said, you're, just my, you're my son. That's why. Too much of society expects to receive love, praise, and acceptance because uh, of something that they did. They want, they want to be justified by their efforts. I wanted my children to know I, I loved them because of who they were, not what they did. Turn over to Ephesians 1. I'm received. Listen to this. I want you to, to get this. I am received, accepted, and loved by what Jesus did. You know, there, there are people that say, well, that's not good enough. I have to do something. Darling, you can't do anything that would come up to that level of being accepted and received because of your works. The Bible calls them filthy works. But Jesus did. He did it all for us. See, that's the, that's the way the Father looks at us. Ephesians chapter, I suppose it would be good if I got over there. Ephesians 1. And let's start in verse, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. I was looking that word one time, I looked that word up, and it says, I am accepted. Accepted. What does the word accepted mean? For those of you that have a strong concordance and you want to go look it up, it's it's G5487. Now, let me give you the definition of this. It means, accepted means to grace, 
to grace. It means, uh, i.e., endue with special honor. I am accepted. I am endued with special honor. Now, who's doing the who is doing the endowing? So if God's doing it, then I am endued with something special. It means make accepted. Be highly favored. Be highly favored. Um, make accepted. To make gracefully charming. Or graceful, grace, no, it's graceful. There's a comma there. To make graceful, charming. Bruce, there's hope for you yet, brother. <laughs> Lovely, greetable, to pursue with grace. I hope you're writing these things down because these are, these are jewels. To pursue. So it means he is pursuing me with grace. I'll give it to you. Um, compass with favor. To compass. I am surrounded with favor. Um, Honor with blessings. I'm telling you, if you can't jump up and down and holler for this stuff, then you're asleep. But when you when you uh, get these feelings of being down, and then you need to you need to pull this definition out and tell the devil what what uh, the Lord has done. So this is the way the Father God looks at us. But, but, but what if they fail to do something? You know, talking about your children. Or, or, or they, they uh, do something wrong. Well, what kind of response are you going to give them? How does Father respond to you when you mess up? You men... May not, may not believe that this is something that's uh, important, important to your wife and to your children, but is very important. I, I, can, I can say the same to the ladies. This is important to your husband and your children. The devil is attacking our thinking in, 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 in such ways in society. They're trying to tell us we're this and we're that, and, and if you don't like this and that, then you're a whatever. And people are continually bombarded with this stuff. Their thinking is. You need to know what God says about you and how he looks at 
looks at you versus them. Just imagine your children at 50. Your children at 50. Will they say, I, didn't ever, I don't ever remember my dad loving me. I, I never recall us sitting down and having a talk. Uh, I've talked to Lydia about about uh, parents, and you know I talked to talked to her about my parents, my grandparents. I can remember uh, my my grandfather, granddad Ames lived there in Fort Worth. My dad would take us over to, to Grandpa's house on Saturday morning. He was always so quiet. He never would come and talk to us. He walked around with his hands in his pocket most of the time, and uh, he was just quiet. We'd go out to California to see my mother's dad and, and the aunts. One of, the, one of my aunts, uh, my grandfather, lived with her, and I don't ever remember having one conversation with him. He would look at, look at us, you know, you know, as a child growing up, you don't know any better, and you think, well, this is just normal. But, uh, you know, as you get older, you think, what's the deal here? We talked, Lydia and I talked about, about the parents, and it seems like it was, it was the same like, like her grandfather. He was a, a farmer. What, what, do you, what do you call somebody that takes care of orchards, grows fruit? That's not a farmer. But anyway, that's what he did. He, he would raise fruit. Uh, she said, you know, there's very seldom that he ever talked to them. She, she said that he hardly ever talked to them. There, there, are, there are some things... You know, like, he went through the Civil War. My father-in-law was the oldest. Father-in-law was the oldest of all the children. And his dad went to France during the Civil War. Because otherwise they would have snatched him up. And uh, he was a large man. He would have been a nice big target. And uh, so he was... He would work in the coal mines as a conscientious objector because he had, had these children he's got to take care of. He was the oldest. And uh, when he would come out of the coal mine in the evening, he would go home, feed the kids, and do all the stuff that needed to be done. You know, there, there, were, there were hard times. So anyway, there are things that affect people. You've got to cut some people some slack, you know. But the first generation, you've got to cut them some slack. But the next ones, they need to come out of that. And we have, a, we have a, a, an influence through the words that we say and the, how we treat people.
We can, we can choose to not allow silence and nagging and complaining to be our legacy. Communicate verbally and positively. Okay, let me, let me close with this. Deuteronomy 11, verse 18 through 21. This is the NIV. Fix these words of mine in your heart and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. This, he's saying, don't be silent. He's saying, put this in your mouth and teach your children. Write them on the door frames of your house and on the gates so that your days and the days of your children may, uh, children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, as many as the days of heaven are above the earth. Things may not have been as the days of heaven when you were growing up but make it that way with your spouse. Make it that way with the children or the grandchildren. It's, it's you know, when we go to Spain, uh, when, I was, when I was first there, I noticed the children all dressed so nice. And one, one day I was... I was out walking the streets, and I walked past this children's store there in Zaragoza. And I was looking at shoes, leather shoes for children. They were as much as my shoes. I thought, but I mean, they would dress these kids. They looked good. So now when we go, we've got five children to think about. And I, I, I almost want to take my handcuffs with me and put them on my wife and <laughs> hold her back because she goes into these, some of these stores and, and the clothes are so cute. And uh, I say, okay, one, okay, two. <laughs> All right, three apiece. You know, so we have to take this extra suitcase. <laughs> Let's all stand. And, you know, the girls, the, the girls are a little older than Joanna's children, so they are expressive. And they love what Yaya sends to them. The babies get it. Now our children don't get anything. So the girls, they, they know grandma. You know, if a box comes, what did grandma send us? They call her Yaya. So her, her vocabulary to them is good. Hallelujah. You know, if you're not talkers, men, 
You can be. Start, start with little conversations. Father, we bless you this morning. We look to you. We, we know that in our own ability, we have a difficult time changing some things. But we recognize the need. We recognize what needs to be changed. And we come asking you for help. Help us to change in a godly way. To be men, to be leaders, to be influences in our family and in our community for you in a godly way that people see the Lord in us and how we, how we treat our, our, our spouse and our children, our grandchildren. We just we come, Lord, saying we 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 need help. We need help. Even in what we do do, we need help increasing and doing better. And so, Lord, we come asking for help in these areas. That our legacy to our children, our grandchildren, grand great grandchildren will be something that will, give, will influence them and reflect you. So we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn and greet someone around you and you're dismissed. If you walked in weary, you're gonna be alright. It's just a mention of his name.